Today on Locked on A's, we are talking about Howard Terminal and an update on the ballpark project. And then something screwy is happening in Las Vegas. We're talking Brent Honeywell. And then finally, there's a bunch of news that happened on Friday for baseball. So we're going to talk about all of that stuff. Let's get into it. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 450 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we are talking about the the latest stuff with Howard Terminal. Not a lot has been happening, but we're going to get you caught up to where we are now, and then in the second segment, we're going to be talking about Brent Honeywell and something that's been changing in his pitch repertoire, which I think is interesting. And then, finally, uh, yeah, the, the minor leagues are unionized. What, what's that about? And also, the rule changes coming in 2023 to Major League Baseball. We got bigger bases. We got some other stuff. It's going to be great. Uh, but before we get into anything, thank you guys so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And also... Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Speaking of starting, we're getting there in a second, but also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, just join our Twitter community and uh, pose a question in there. I'll answer it on the show and also probably via Twitter, because, uh, you know, I'm a good guy like that. But uh, make a friend, have a party, go do things in the Twitter community. But let's get started with today's episode. Uh, it's been a while since we have talked about Howard Terminal, and that's mostly because there hasn't been a ton to discuss, nothing like interesting to discuss. But you may have heard that there have been a bunch of lawsuits. And so that's kind of what has been going on is just lawsuits happening and, and that really slowing down the entire process. So... Thursday was no different. That, Thursday was another day with a, a judge deciding a ruling, and uh, that, that the ruling was basically they rejected the claims that the Howard Terminal Project would cause serious environmental and safety hazards, and that's that's good for the A's ballpark project, the Howard Terminal Project. It's good for everything if you if you want the A's to stay in Oakland. So uh, good news coming out of that. Uh, I, I have some other news. And that is that the vice president of one of the opposing groups, I thought this was funny, um, he said that they were uh, considering appealing this decision that was made by the judge uh, because they're worried about the adverse effects to the thousands of Oakland residents who live near Howard Terminal. And, and, and this is what got me, is, uh, or those who depend on the ability of the port to grow and thrive. So the people that depend on dreams and wishes are the ones that he is concerned about right now because he sure hasn't done much with the property yet. So why does it matter now? It's because somebody else would have the property. That's that's what his concern is. It's his bottom dollar. It's his, you know, work and whatnot that is being impacted. He doesn't care about the city of Oakland. He just wants his 
his, uh, you know, uh, pockets to be a little bit better or his job to be a little bit easier if he has to, like, move some stuff around so that the A's can go live there, too. Um, that's what's going on here. So what kept him from growing and thriving the area before the Howard Terminal Project had was it was a twinkle in John Fisher's eye? What stopped him then? I'm going to go with nothing. He could have done all this on his own. Did he not have the money? Maybe that's what it is. Is not, He's not going to do anything with the land if the A's don't build there. It doesn't matter. But uh, you could argue something else could be done. But I don't know that it would go through this guy is my main point here. And I guess my, my main question for uh, said vice president of shipping uh, is I'm, I'm wondering what his idea is that would uh, create more jobs, affordable housing, and a place to visit that is better than the one that is currently on the table. Because I'm not hearing any ideas, I'm just hearing a lot of naysaying, and I am always very skeptical of people that are just anti-stuff without having a proposal of their own that kind of makes sense uh, and does a lot of the same things. But they're like, hey, how about we allocate the money this way? He's just saying, no, hopes and dreams, you guys, hopes and dreams. That's what uh, the city of Oakland is built on is hope and i don't know maybe maybe we'll do something with that later no that's a dumb idea uh, either you think the plan is a disaster and it's going to hurt oakland residents so you have an alternative idea or you just don't want to be inconvenienced at your own job and are afraid of change it's one of these and i don't see a plan from this guy going through the city council so uh, i'm gonna go with uh he's he doesn't want to be inconvenienced. He likes how much money he makes and all that stuff. It, it's a financial thing. It's not a actual concern thing, I believe. It, it seems like a, a hit job on the A so that they can, you know, hold hold court over the ports. Ooh, I love that. Hold court on the port. Ah, good times. We need to start a three-on-three basketball league at Howard Terminal when that thing gets going. Anyways, uh, it's also worth noting that on Friday, uh, Mayor Libby Schaff welcomed the Secretary of Transportation to Oakland. Uh, that's Mayor Pete, as he was formerly known. Pete Buttigieg. Uh, he's the... Secretary of Transportation, which I learned. Uh, he is, uh, they, so basically they met up and Libby Schaff was sharing her vision of accessible waterfronts and the delivery of badly needed infrastructure improvements. So uh, they, they got some some federal stuff. You got the VP, you got Kamala Harris, and then you got Pete Buttigieg. Uh, they're, they're like, hey, uh, you want to throw us some money and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do some infrastructure. Maybe we'll build a freaking baseball stadium. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, so there, there's a lot of things going on here. Also, Casey Pratt uh, also said that the city of Oakland applied for the federal mega grant. Great name, mega grant. Uh, which is, this is from the website. This is exactly what it says that it's meant to do. It, it is a uh, it's meant to support large, complex projects that are difficult to fund by other means and likely to generate national or regional economic mobility or safety benefits. Feels a lot like uh, Howard Terminal fits that bill, so it's a good thing that uh, you know the VP is from the area, uh, and also Pete Buttigieg is saying hey and whatnot. So you gotta figure that they're going to get some of that money and if the city is is in fact awarded this grant then the city and the a's are a lot closer if not like square on the off-site eir numbers uh, environmental impact report numbers and then uh all, all engines go i guess so in other words uh, nothing flashy in terms of good news this is all in the weeds but everything is progressing nicely everything's great 
except for the VP who has hopes and dreams. Um, there is some concern that there will not be a binding vote in time. And by in time, I mean before election day. And that could be that could be the next hurdle is getting a binding vote before election day because Libby Schaff is done with her terms. So she is not going to be the the mayor of Oakland after, I mean, once inauguration day, but after uh, election day, no more. And then there's going to be an entirely new city council. So where does everybody stand? Do you have to go through these hoops again with a different city council and figure out where everybody is and you know work with these people's wants and needs as opposed to the people that you have been working with for a couple of years now? Uh, it, it, it could be a hurdle. So that could be the next hurdle. And I mean, do they get until inauguration day? Do they have to do it immediately? Is inauguration day still in January? I looked it up. It is. It's January 4th, apparently, and hopefully that's not outdated. So, uh, yeah, it's basically uh, you're going to be moving forward on this project with a new city council one way or another. You'd prefer to have that vote nailed down so you don't have to backtrack and go through all that stuff because the A's have said there is a timeline and they, you know, things haven't been moving quickly enough. Dave Cavill was happy with the judge's ruling on Thursday. So you have to imagine that they're still on board and still doing okay, but if uh, if the city council starts being like, I don't know, let's uh, let's go back to this thing that we discussed uh, two years ago when I wasn't on the council, uh, that that could not be good news. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But as of right now, things are going okay. So that's that's your Howard Terminal update for today, uh, or I guess for for now, not for today. I don't do this on a daily basis. I do the podcast on a mostly daily basis, not Howard Terminal updates until there's news, and then. Probably during the offseason, there'll be a lot more news. But uh, coming up on the show, we are talking about Brent Honeywell getting screwy or not. And that's coming right up. Here's your warning. There's a Blue Chew ad coming. All right. Warning over. Summer's winding down. The nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, uh, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it is all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. They say that there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. They mean in the bedroom, folks. All right, so Blue Chew, they're wonderful, and if you could benefit from a little bit of extra confidence in the bedroom, uh, when it's time to perform, chew it and do it! Love this ad copy. Uh, and we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code locked on at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code locked on to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast and getting us ready for A's baseball on a day to day basis. 
Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear, uh, you know, podcasts. Uh, find us on YouTube over at Locked On A's. Subscribe to our channel over there. You can also subscribe or follow us on uh, social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please join our Twitter community and just join the group. Ask a question. Have a party. Go have, a, go, go have some fun with fellow A's fans. It's a great time. But let's talk about Brent Honeywell. And you guys have heard me talk about Brent Honeywell a little bit this season. Not a ton because, you know, he, he's been hurt a lot of the season, but you've, you've heard his name come up a little bit, but he came over in the trade with the Rays before the season, and it was an interesting move because he still had tons of, uh, you know, team control left, and he wasn't arbitrage. He's still not arbitration eligible, and uh, he was a former top 20 prospect before injuries caught up to him. Uh, he didn't see any game action in 2018 or 2019, and then 2020 was a lost season for all minor leaguers. Uh, so, you know, he hadn't pitched in three years, basically. He posted a 397 ERA for the Rays AAA team across 81 innings in 2021. So this was a decent gamble for the A's to take, given the direction that the team was headed. And I think it was just a cash deal, honestly. So interesting trade from the Rays' perspective, because they were having a roster crunch and he wasn't going to make their team. So the A's were like, hey, we got room. Screw it. Bring him over here. Uh, so that that was the gamble by the A's. And, you know, he's missed most of the season due to injury. And we, we knew that at this point. He's accumulated uh, as of this uh, nine, point, nine and two-thirds innings and an ERA over nine hasn't been the best, but he also hasn't been able to pitch a lot because of injuries. He's still working his way back. So... That's not what I want to talk about today. It's not like what what he's been doing this year, you know, uh, the, the injuries or anything like that. What I want to talk about is what I found over at brooksbaseball.net uh, because they have some pitch data over there for minor league guys, and I just found this out. I, I knew that it was a site, but I didn't know that they had minor league stuff like for AAA. So um, I am going to bore you guys to death with Brooks baseball facts because they tell you like uh, how hard minor leaguers throw and like what their break is, and you can kind of compare that to – the major league guys and be like, oh, this is kind of what we're looking with or working with here. And uh, I think it's going to be fascinating. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast because that's going to be the off season for you guys. But uh, so uh, I clicked on his most recent slate of minor league games and I was hoping to get some further insight into the, the Lansing no-no because I was interested in like, hey, what were they throwing? Like, what give you guys some more details on those guys, especially Osvaldo Barrios. See what his uh, his repertoire had uh, bloomed into as a reliever as opposed to a starter, and uh, th th they weren't there. So it's AAA guys mostly, and so I was like, yeah, the Aviators are there, and I clicked on their most recent game, and Brent Honeywell had pitched, and I was like, hey, let's look at Brent Honeywell. That's cool. So that is how we got to to now. And when you think of Brent Honeywell, if you've if you were familiar with him before he came to the A's, uh, you know that he ascended through the minor leagues with a, a different kind of pitch. And it was a pitch that, you know, you, you hear of, but not a lot of guys have it. And that is the screwball. And uh, I was like, hey, how's that screwball going? Well, what immediately caught my attention is that on his game page, uh, he, he threw just one screwball in the game on September 4th. And that was way outside of the zone. So it was not a good pitch. So I started looking to see if he just didn't have command with that one pitch. And like maybe in his bullpen, he wasn't throwing it well so he's like yeah i'm gonna scrap it for today let's move on but turns out that is not the case that was the first screwball that he had thrown 
since arriving in AAA with the Oakland A's. On Wednesday of this week, he threw two more. So now he's thrown three screwballs in all of these pitches. He's thrown a few hundred pitches now. He's thrown three. And that was the pitch that I knew him for. And I don't have any insight as to why he would not be throwing the screwball or maybe he's working his way back and it's part of his rehab is to not throw the screwball as he's still recovering. But uh, it, it, either way, it sounds like it's for health. It, it looks as though it's for health reasons. It doesn't sound like anything because I haven't heard anything. But um, it it seems as though it would be a health thing either as he's recovering or to try and keep him healthy is he's going to lay off the screwball a little bit more. And maybe the A's think that his other pitchers, specifically his fastball, his changeup, and his slider are good enough to work in the big leagues. And the screwball has been leading to some of those injuries. So it's a way for the A's to keep him on the field and see what they have with just a a three-pitch pitcher. Maybe they make him a bullpen guy. And uh, so... I thought that that was interesting. One other note that I found interesting is that according to the, um, I mean, there's the graph, which I was going by, but there's also, you know, the actual numbers um, on the website as well. And that was uh, Honeywell's changeup specifically on August 23rd was moving about seven inches on the horizontal plane. And uh, that was on average. So it was moving seven inches horizontally on average, which usually you see that that kind of stuff vertically because, you know, gravity is pulling it down. But he's going side to side with his changeup movement, and that is wild to me. Um, I've talked about the A's acquiring guys with movement on their changeups, and that seven inches would be the most horizontal movement in the big leagues by a very wide margin. The numbers aren't exact, but his vertical movement uh, roughly matches up with the same as Domingo Acevedo's ver- vertical movement. Uh, so, it's, and then Acevedo has like a three and a half horizontal movement, and that would essentially mean that he has the same slider or uh, the same changeup as Domingo Acevedo, but with twice as much horizontal movement, and that is absolutely insane to me. So, hey. Maybe he's going to be a very, very effective reliever for the Oakland A's next season if he can stay healthy. Maybe not throwing the screwball is part of that. We'll see how he gets through the offseason. I don't know that he's going to be a starter. Honestly, the the A's got a bunch of starters, and maybe they can, you know, have him in a fill-in role or like a bulk guy, and he can give him three or four in a pinch, but three or four innings in a pinch. Uh, But, hey, Brent Honeywell... Effective reliever with a nasty, nasty, the most horizontal movement on a changeup in baseball. If he can control that, he could be a very, very nasty guy. Maybe he's the Devin Williams type that I've been talking about. It's not Christopher Sanchez. It is Brent Honeywell already in-house. Interesting. Anyways, I found all of that very interesting, uh, especially that he's not throwing his screwball. Uh, I should probably reach out to the few people I know that would probably know something about that, and uh, then I'll I'll report back. So, homework for the weekend for me. But uh, coming up, we're talking about the changes to baseball, not to the baseball, but to MLB baseball. Yeah, I said Major League Baseball baseball, that's correct. (laughs) All right, so we're, we're doing that here in just one minute. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. The Bills surprised uh, all of the the analysts before the game. They, they all, most of them, well, like the first like five, picked the Rams, and I was like, "Hey, weren't the Bills pretty good?" And uh, then the Bills won, and I was like, "Hey, look at me! I don't watch football." And uh, 
I'm better than the analysts. Look at me go. Football, super easy. So yeah, if you think that football is super easy like me, betonline.net is definitely the place to go for you. So betonline is also your continued source for all of the sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, the NFL, the NBA is coming back, the NHL is coming back, all of the sports are coming back. So do some bets on them. Uh, also, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five star review wherever you, you can Spotify, Apple Podcasts, both those places, other places, I'm sure, but those are the main two that have, you know, charts and things. And uh, let's let's move us up in America. We're, we're doing great in like Australia and Great Britain and others. Belgium, number one podcast in Belgium. But uh, America, we're lagging. So, uh, if, hey, America. Get your act together, you guys. Um, also, follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. Uh, but let's get into the final segment of the week, and that is on Friday. Some big news happened in the baseball world because Major League Baseball is going to voluntarily recognize the minor league players' efforts to join the MLB Players Association. That it's according to the one, the only... Jeff friggin' pass, and he breaks all the news. Uh, Evan Drellick was also, you know, talking about this as well. But, you know, Jeff Passon's the one that everybody sees first. Uh, anyways, I believe that there are some formalities that need to happen. But, you know, as you probably heard, the, the union set out the cards to see how people thought about what, what people thought about unionization and they needed to get 30% while they cleared well over 50% uh, they needed 50% plus one to, to be recognized as a union. And uh, they had apparently cleared 50% for major league baseball to voluntarily recognize they had to be close to like 80, maybe 90% of the minor leaguers that returned these cards. They had to have such an overwhelming majority that baseball's like, Sure, whatever. We'll recognize it. We'll just we'll look like the good guys here. As a, it, it's a PR stunt by baseball, you got to imagine because they could have done this by themselves at any point, but they didn't. So there's that. Anyways, so minor league baseball players are about to be part of the players' association, part of a union, and that means that they are going to get paid a living wage. And I know that there's going to be a blowback, like they shouldn't be making, you know. X amount of dollars, but um, we're not talking about like a ton of money here. We're talking like they're they're going to get paid more than twelve thousand dollars a year to be a baseball player. And like, hey, maybe they make more later, but you know how many people are in the minor leagues? Nine hundred. There's so many people in the minor leagues that don't make it to the majors. Should they just not make money, like to try and support themselves at all? Seems weird. Uh, there's also, they're not going to be getting the major league minimum. They're not going to be getting even like a hundred thousand dollars. I wouldn't imagine they're probably going to be getting closer to like $25,000, which is double what they were making, but also well below what it costs to live in a lot of places. It, and, and it depends on where these, their affiliates are that they're reporting to. So I mean, take it with a grain of salt, how much money they're going to be getting now. So they're going to be getting slight increases so they don't need to get a second job during the offseason when they are still expected to train. So that's that's the headline. Not They're getting big raises to go pl- live out a dream. 
Sure, I guess. Uh, this also means that the standards, that th there will be standards put in place across minor league baseball. So no more fire fest sandwiches like the A's were giving their minor leaguers uh, as, as a post-game meal. So that's a plus. Uh, not, not two pieces of bread with some cheese. That, that's not going to be a standard anymore, you guys. So, you know, basic human rights is what we're talking about here. It's going to be... We don't know what what is exactly going to happen yet, but these are the things that have been talked about. This is where I imagine this is going to be starting. And we'll be talking about it more as we know more about what is being implemented and how that is going to you know happen and all that stuff. So we'll, we'll talk about this more, but that's, that's the gist. The minor leagues are going to be unionized. They're not unionized yet, and uh, there, more to come. But there was also some other news that broke on Friday, and this will actually impact your viewing experience, and that is starting next season, along with a more balanced schedule, which we've already seen, there is going to be a pitch clock. People are going to be mad about this. Seems like everybody who you know covers minor league baseball or you know has an interest or has been to a minor league baseball game is like, no, no, pitch clock rocks. So I'm keeping an open mind. I think that it, it'll be interesting. And a lot of the A's guys that are going to be in the big leagues next year, because they're a very young team. You got your Nick Allens, your Christian Paches, um, Jonah Bride, Dermis Garcia. A lot of these guys that are younger have played with these rules already. So, leg up. They're gonna they're gonna win like 120 games, you guys, because they're already adjusted to the pitch clock and to some of these other rules. So, uh, I believe that the pitch clock is gonna be 15 seconds when there's nobody on base and 20 seconds in between pitches when there's a runner on. Uh, that's what I believe, but that could be worked on differently for the first season or two to get the big leaguers adjusted to or acclimated to a pitch clock. So we'll see where that they land on that one, but that's that's where we are right now. They're also going to be, quote-unquote, banning the shift. So that means that two players are going to have to be on either side of second base, and they have to be on the dirt. Uh, this won't really eliminate ground balls up the middle being, you know, outs. But, hey, it's, it's something. It's going to be helping uh, pull hitters, and specifically lefties, I would imagine, um, with just having those those gaps in between, uh, you know, second and first open. Ground ball, or maybe not if they're, it depends on how they're getting played, but they, they can adjust their game a little bit. And I assume that there's going to be some modified shifts where there's going to be like the shortstop is playing above second base, slightly to the left of second base if you're looking out at the field. And then uh, the second baseman will be playing in a pull position and then they can kind of meet up, uh, you know, going towards second base. And uh, it, there's, there's some ways to get around it, I imagine. Or, I mean, if the team really wants to be frisky, they could pull their right fielder in to where second baseman or third baseman or whoever was playing that spot for any particular team, bring in the right fielder because he can be on the grass and he can just play heck of shallow and uh, see what happens there. And then you can just play your center fielder shaded towards right a little bit and uh, you get grounders that way. So there's going to be some some weird trickery going on, but that is the rule is they're quote unquote banning the shift. Two players on either side of second base on the infield. They have to be on the dirt. That's going to be something to keep an eye out for. Let's see what happens. And then also the bases are going to be bigger which may mean more stealing, but I think that what will have a bigger impact is that uh, pitchers can't just keep throwing pickoff throws over to first base. They get two. And then I believe that they are just getting, like the, the batter gets a ball. So that's that's fun. Or they're automatically walked. I got to read this up, read up on this. But uh, hey, I know that there was some minor leaguers the first year that this happened who had outrageous stolen base numbers because of this stuff. So 
we're going to be steal- seeing some more stolen bases, I think. And, uh, hey, we'll see what happens. This would have no impact on John Lester because he can't throw to first. Boom. End of the week. Joke against John Lester. You got to love it. <laughs> and that's why you stay till the end of the podcast, friends. <laughs> but uh, that's that's all the, the baseball news. There's going to be some stuff in here. We'll, we'll probably touch on some of this stuff a little bit uh, on Monday. Maybe on Monday. Early next week to, uh, you know, see if any opinions have been adjusted but that's where we're standing right now we're having fun right there but thank you guys so much for making the locked on a's your first lesson of the day now go make your second lesson the locked on mlb podcast because baseball expert paul francis sullivan brings humor passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb they're on the odyssey app they're on youtube they're wherever you get podcasts they're on the same platforms that this very podcast is on so Wherever you are, just go just go search for Sully and Locked On MLB and subscribe to him, subscribe to us, follow us at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. That's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans, and I will talk with you next week. Mm-hmm.